Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this week's episode of the Behind the Mask podcast, we have cornerback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, my Cincinnati Bengals, Trey Waynes. Listen, we're going to talk about how he secured the bag. Hold up. You can't secure the bag unless you're signed. He hasn't signed yet. Let's get his take on it. Also, what is he doing off the field from a business-wise perspective? Hmm. Homegrown outfitters. Oh, we got so much. Make sure you stay tuned. Keep it locked. Let's go behind the mask. Welcome back to another edition of the Behind the Mask podcast. I am your host, Takeo Spikes, joined alongside by my co-host, better known as the... Your favorite plus-size model, Tucson Reyes, in the building. Plus-size model. Listen here, my brother. We got a special guest. And listen, we've been treating... We've been showing a lot of favoritism to some offensive guys on this show. But (laughs) it's time to get back on the defensive side and bring in our next guest, the future pro bowler for the Cincinnati Bengals, formerly from the Minnesota Vikings. Man, y'all give it up for my dog, Trey Waynes. <sighs> Trey, what's happening, bro, bro? Not much. How you doing? Man, all is good, man. I'm really, uh, I really appreciate the headset you got going on right now. You want to make sure you hear everything going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little gaming thing. So, you know, I'm a gamer, so I got the gaming headset. And it was ironically right next to me when, you know, we got on this call. So I figured I'd use it. Yeah, the so I know a lot of fans out there. We like to be interactive and with the gaming. I'm a 2K guy. I had to retire because I whooped so many people's ass. But what's your game of choice, though? <laughs> uh, I mean, it depends. Um, you know, I got a lot of friends that play Fortnite. I ain't really into that though. Um, they play Warzone, 2K, Madden. I'll be on Red Dead though. Uh, you know, it's it's the game that gives me the le- least amount of stress. Because I like playing online and stuff like that. You know, when you lag out and all that kind of shit, you get frustrated. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to take it out on my my family sometimes. I get upset. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I stick to uh, games that, that don't make me mad so much. So I, I'm on Red Dead a lot. Cool, man. I, I know you've, you've relocated, moved everything from Minnesota, and you relocated to the Cincinnati area. But – at this time, you know, you guys haven't even taken a physical. And so how hard has it been to get acclimated with knowing that, hey, we still waiting to actually get started up? Um, it's hard uh, just because, you know, I'm I'm down here. You know, I moved down here early, you know, trying to you know, get a head start on things, get fully um you know part of this team but you know the fact that I'm I still feel like I'm not because of this physical you know you don't take your physical you don't get paid like so it's like you know it's frustrating to be all in um but uh you know I've, I'm here participating uh you know trying to uh get ready for the season uh you know just got to se- separate business from you know everything but you know it's it's fine we're getting used to it yeah, and when you look at um, you look at the history, man, and you look at the high school that you attended, um, what is it, Mary D. Bradford High School, right? 
Uh, I played there. Wait, I you played there? Harborside. Yeah, I went to Harborside Academy, but I I played for Mary D. Bradford. Yeah. Yeah, and you had a teammate who you played with in high school as well, Melvin Gordon, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so we had him on the show, bro, and and uh, you know, great great interview, gave us some good insight, man. But you know, when when you were both kids just in high school, bro, like I remember being in that position and. Didn't even have a clue because I didn't know anybody personally who actually played in the league. But mm-hmm. what was those conversations like between you and Melvin at the time when you were in high school? Did both of you guys aspire to be go to the next level? Yeah, so, uh, you know, kind of like you said, we didn't have anybody that we knew or was from the hometown that actually, you know, really made it uh, in sports or let alone like football. Um, you know, it's something we, we both found a, you know, common interest in when we first met, um, it was actually in middle school, I think it was like sixth or seventh grade or something like that. And, uh, you know, I feel like that's how, you know, our friendship basically started because we got on the topic of, you know, playing football and then, and, you know, we were both really competitive with each other. Uh, so I think, um, you know, that, that helped us, you know, progress to where we wanted to go because, you know, ultimately we had the same goal and, um, you know, I think uh, the fact that we had each other um, allowed us to push each other harder than, you know, coaches did or, you know, anybody else did because, um, you know, there was a lot of great athletes, you know, in the state and, you know, in our school. But I think, uh, you know, what separated ourselves was, you know, our friend group, uh, our, our small circle of friends that, you know, also played. We all had that common goal and, um, you know, we were willing to put in the extra, you know, work, effort and time and uh, separate ourselves from, you know, a lot of the uh, distractions, uh, you know, to, to keep us focused on where we wanted to go. And fast forward to this year, y'all both were free agents coming into the offseason. Both secured the bag. So salute on that, brother. Salute on that. You know, um, question. I ain't get though, it yet. <laughs> you ain't get it yet. Yeah, because you ain't been to the facility, yet. right? Yeah, yeah, I ain't get so, it yet. So talk, so talk about that process though. Was was free agency any different than what you expected, or you know how was it different? How was how was it adjusting to the free agency period with the pandemic going on? Man, that shit terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like it's still it's still going on for me. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I ain't you know I signed here, but I ain't really signed here. You know, I mean it's you know I thought you know it was cool at first, and you know I'm. I'm thinking, you know, it'll be done and over with, but, yeah. you know, 90% of the league, you know, it's done for them. <laughs> but, I mean, I know Cincy and a couple other teams, they still ain't, you know, pay nobody or let them take their physical. So it's technically still going on. And, uh, right. you know, it's it sucks because, you know, I, like I, I expressed to my agent, I was like, yo, like I'm trying to, like, train. You know what I'm saying? But I don't want to, like, train too hard because – you know, I fuck around, get hurt, then what? Because I ain't, you know, yeah. it ain't, ain't then. So, you know, it's, it's it's a struggle because you're trying to figure out how to train and prepare for something that may or may not happen. And you don't want to, like, risk injury, as you guys can probably see. Um, you know, a couple guys already got hurt, got hurt you man. know. But it's like, how am I supposed to make myself better without being able to push myself to where I want to push myself to have success? So, for me... You know, the free agent thing, it was cool. You know, I was excited for it, but, you know, it's been a fucking headache since it really started because, like I said, I <laughs> yeah, I ain't signed nowhere yet. I mean, I did, but 
I'm still waiting until they let yeah. us come in and take our physicals to, you know, make it official. And you're in the area, but you can't even work out. I've been well, here. Obviously at the facility, but <laughs> you, you know, here. it's a new area for you, so you don't know who to go train with if that's a reputable facility mm-hmm. or, or what have you. So I know that's yeah. crazy right now. Because we moved, we probably moved down here, shit, almost a month ago. And, you know, once they told us that, you know, they won't let us come take our physicals, I left. I went to actually Michigan uh you know where my wife is from and, and i went to school and uh you know i was i was training out there because you know i actually knew people out there and uh you know i just recently came back because i came in contact with some you know people i could work out with here but you know i was telling i was telling mel i could have stayed in minnesota and took my time you know i had a lake house could have been on the boat enjoying the summer hey, man, what out the with my hell trainers. you talking about <laughs> so yeah i mean i you know, if if I knew all this would have, you know, happened, I could have went about it, you know, a little differently. And, you know, I could have took my time instead of just up and moving, finding a place quick and trying to, you know, hurry in to get things, you know, started. But, yeah, I'm just here. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> figuring I, shit out. I, I feel you. You're figuring it out on the run. And, like, now you're a new Cincinnati Bengals. I was drafted to the Bengals. Back yep. in '98, yep. and have you had an opportunity to try any of the, any of the food there? I know a lot of the stuff has been fast food. One of a the things of that they're known open. for. I, ah, so like, so the, I, what is it? No. The Coney, the Coney dogs from Golden yeah, Artillery. Yeah, the Skyline shit. Yeah, yeah. Skyline. Yeah. All right, we'll go to That's the next right. one there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but no, though, bro, like. I remember, and I look at the history of the Bengals, right? And a, a piece of me is still with them, regardless of how bad our record was when I was there. But when I look at them and I see them evolved over time, because I remember once upon a time, they never made any moves into free mm-hmm. agency, period. But now they come back, they make a move by signing you, several other guys, McKenzie, your other corner who was in um, Minnesota, also Von Bell, who came from the Saints. And then you look at DJ Reader. Like, what was it that attracted to you, attracted you to them? Because if I'm not mistaken, I want to say you signed before them, right? Uh, I think I signed after DJ. I think okay. I was like the second second one to sign. But, um, you know, it just it seemed, it seemed like a good overall fit. Um, you know, you say you're familiar with them. Uh, you know, Mike Zimmer came from Cincy and basically – you know, they, they run the same defense with a couple of tweaks. So, you know, the fact that I was going to be coming to a, you know, a defense that I was already somewhat familiar with, you know, that was that was a pretty good sell on my part. And plus, uh, you know, just just the coaches, you know, I got a really good vibe from them. And, uh, you know, growing up, you know, I, I always did like, you know, Cincinnati, you know, as a team. I like the Bengals as a team. And ironically, when I, you know, I signed here, a lot of, uh, you know, my friends from home, they're like, oh, like you're going to your favorite team. And like, I forgot about it because, um, you know, growing up, like I really didn't have a favorite team for a while because I liked a lot of players. So it was like, it was, I thought it was kind of stupid to just pick one team when I really liked a lot of the players throughout the league. But, you know, for a while, Cincinnati was my favorite team. But, um, you know, just just the fact that it's, you know, it's a new start, new beginning. Um you know, I'm excited. And, you know, like you said, the moves they made, it reminds me a lot of, you know, where I came from, um, you know, defensively. Uh, you know, they got a lot of weapons, you know, on the defensive line, you know, 
uh, linebackers, you know, good young safeties. So, uh, you know, it seemed like a really, you know, good fit for me. One of the things that, um, as a veteran, you know, is OTAs. For me, I didn't like OTAs. I didn't like the mini camps. You know, you have an opportunity to get injured, as we talked about a little bit earlier. But one of the things you can't deny is the reps, the camaraderie, establishing mm-hmm. that leadership, right? So yeah. you have all the free agents coming in. Obviously, you guys had the first round pick in Joe Burrow. What do you think the lack of reps for a leader like or a future leader like Joe Burrow, how do you think that's going to affect the team moving forward? Uh, I think, you know, like you said, uh, you know, just getting the chemistry down, like I think it's going to affect not only him, but, you know, a lot of guys throughout the league and, you know, me especially because I'm a visual person. You know what I'm saying? Like I got to be going through, you know, the plays like in person. I got to see it. I got to make mistakes. And, um, you know, when you're virtually doing it, you know, it's hard to, uh, you know, learn, you know, kind of like that for me, especially, uh, you know, like I said, because I need to be in person. I need to do it. I need to mess up. I need to ask the questions in person to see how it's supposed to be done. But, uh, you know, I think I think it will be hard for, you know, quarterbacks as well, because they got to get that timing down with their receivers, um, you know, and stuff like that. And I just think, like I said, being in person is uh, more beneficial than, you know, virtually doing stuff. I mean, it would be different if he was like a veteran quarterback or like he knew the system, but, you know, as he's coming to a new system, new receivers, you know, new center, all that kind of stuff. So it will, it, it will show, I think. And I know y'all, you guys haven't had a chance to really be around each other, but just hearing them talk and possibly even seeing, just looking at him last year during the college football season, like, what are the leadership qualities that um, you see in Joe Burrow that you really appreciate just without even taking a snap against him or, and with him? Uh, uh, he can control the game. Uh, you know, I didn't really, really watch too much college football, but one I did was, um, you know, the national championship against Clemson and, you know, how he controlled the game. You know, he was really poised. And, uh, you know, the pressure didn't get to him. And he, <laughs> you know, he kind of embarrassed the Clemson team that was, you know, probably favored, you know? So, I mean, that was really impressive to watch. And, you know, after watching that game, you're like, dude can play. Yeah. And what do you think about his thoughts when he came out? Uh, Because a lot of people ask this and I appreciate it from my side, but he came out and he just said, look, the black community needs our help. And they have been hurt unheard for too long. Open your ears, listen and speak. This isn't politics. This is human rights. So now I can tell you my take on that. Like, I think Ryan Clark said it best. He was like, he can throw a hundred interceptions and he still will be my guy. I appreciate him coming out saying that because growing up in Ohio and knowing how he grew up, he can relate in a lot of ways. But when you heard his words, how did that make you feel? I mean, he wasn't wrong. Uh, you know, it, it, it was a good feeling because, you know, you get a lot of people that, you know, won't say something, you know, um, you know, the fact that he came out and said something shows, you know, that he, it shows the support and shows that, you know, he's one of those guys willing to help, you know, change what needs to change. And, you know, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. But, you know, the fact that, you know, you have a young guy like him, you know, stepping into the situation he is and, you know, is willing to be outspoken about it. You know, it's a, it's. It's reassuring. And you, on your social media platform, you've been very vocal 
um, in, terms of, in terms of supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, how do you feel that will translate into the season? Do you feel like uh, you may be one of the players that is uh, taking a protest? Do you uh, even think the season will start on time with everything that's going on? Should it better so I can get paid? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm very so you got we, we hear the little ones in the background. You got you got kids to feed. You know? you know what I'm saying? Uh but I mean I think I don't know. I never I ain't never really been, you know, an outspoken guy or like, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I've really kept to myself and you know, I tried to lead by example, but you know, it's getting to the point where leading by example isn't enough. You know, Colin Kaepernick tried to do it. He got, you know, blasted for it. And now people are like, oh, wait, he was right. You know, maybe he wasn't, you know. And um, so it's hard for me to say, you know, what will happen because I don't know what will happen. I don't know, like you said, if the NFL will happen or, you know, vice versa. But, you know, this whole situation, you know, I definitely haven't, haven't, you know, held my tongue about it either just because, you know, I, I don't like, seeing and hearing stupid shit and stupid opinions and like if I'm gonna say something I'm gonna say something and like I said on a lot of my social media pages like if you don't like what I gotta say hit that unfollow button because I don't care <laughs> you know so yeah, it's talk. like you know and I, I've gotten a lot of you know support from you know my hometown a, a lot of like former teachers and stuff like that reaching out saying you know they're they're proud of you know the things I've been doing and saying and, you know, stuff like that. So it's just, I, I feel like, you know, if you have a platform, you got to kind of, you know, step up and, you know, voice your opinion, even though some people might not agree with it, you know, if it's right, it's right. And, you know, I told, you know, one lady that, cause she tried to say, Oh, well, I help a lot of, you know, young black kids. And I was like, cool. Like, you want a pat on the back for being a good person? Like, <laughs> like, what are you trying to say? You know what I'm saying? Like, extra credit? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just being a good person. So I think, you know, once society realizes, you know, it's not a, you know, color thing and, you know, we're one race, then, you know, we'll get somewhere. But we'll see. And you got the support, for, like you said, from the people that, that uh, admired you as a young person, as a young man, your family, obviously, those are the, the, the right people to have the support from. And I can mm-hmm. just take you wherever you want to go. So salute, commend on that. Also, though, what I wanted to ask you, now you've been in the league, on the field, you've been in the league for five years now, right? Going in your sixth year. So you've seen some, some dope receivers. Who has given you the toughest matchup problems? That's hard to say because um... – I mean, you got you got all these kind of receivers and shit, and they all bring something different to the table. Uh, I would say Tyreek sucks. He sucks to go against because he's so fast and shifty. Um, but like I said, you got all these elite receivers. It's hard to pick just one. You know, you got the Odells. You got the, you know, Devontae Adams, the Keenan Allens. So it's like it's hard to pick just one. So who do you enjoy going up against? Who brings the most out of Trey Wayne's? I really like when I was younger, I like going against Larry. Uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, good guy. He's a hell of a receiver, but you know, I always enjoyed going up against him the most. What about his game? Shit, he's a Hall of Famer. What you mean? You know, he's <laughs> big body, strong hands, you know, he's really smart. But uh, you know, he's never been one of those guys to talk shit either, which is I mean, I thought it was kind of cool. You know, he let his game do the talking for him. Yeah, what about uh 
Keenan Allen from from uh, L.A. I'm, I was about to say San Diego. <laughs> how, how do you like? What are some of the problems he presents? Man, he's shifty as hell. Because uh, he's because he, sometimes you get does this camera angle work? It's cool. Yeah, we still yeah, see. We you. Okay, I mean he's he's a good receiver too. He's like really quick for his size, and uh, you know a lot of those receivers his size they aren't really that shifty and quick. But uh, you know he has really good feet, and uh, you know he's tough. I've I've gone against him a couple of times. I've I've enjoyed every time going against him too because he's gonna you know he's gonna push you and you know make you work. Hey, so outside of the game, like we always have to go to something to kind of take our minds away from it and to where we, we, we feel like we're refilled, we're recharged. So we interested in your outdoor life, bruh. Like we, oh, we did it. our homework. Yeah. <laughs> the the yeah. outdoor life, the hunting, fishing, et cetera. So, so, so fill us in on that. Okay. So basically, um, you know, me and my, my business partner, we started a uh, hunting outfitter. Are you guys familiar with what an outfitter is? Because usually when I tell people, they're like, oh, a clothing line? Like, they think yeah, that's what I feel. You know what I'm saying? I'm from New York City, so I have no okay. clue. So please school me, bro. Well, we got a lot of, we actually got a lot of clients from that area, from the New York area. So, right. But, um, you know, what it is, is basically we own, you know, uh, land and people will pay us to come hunt on it and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, we're, we're a little different because, you know, what we do, a lot of, um, you know, outfitters, they, you know, they lease their land and they just, you know, cycle guys in and out, you know, in and out. And they overpressure uh, the deer population, which means is, you know, they're doing a lot of shooting, a lot of killing, whatever, not giving the animal, you know, a chance to grow and, you know, get bigger. So where we we own the land. So the difference between us and them, you know, we're making improvements, we're renovating it. Uh, you know, we're adding value to it. And um, cause you're not going to, you know, make something better that you don't own, which is what, you know, a lot of outfitters can't do because they lease it. Uh, so, you know, we, you know, we do that. We have the land renovation project uh, that's part of it. Um, and that's, you know, People will pay us. We'll draw up plans. We'll come renovate their properties and make them, you know, better and you know, better for hunting and stuff like that. But uh, you know, it's it's a it's a great business, and um, you know, we're having a lot of success fast, faster than we thought. Uh, you know, we signed several partnership deals. You know, with Cuddyback, uh, Redneck Blinds, and other ones. And uh, you know, we're sold out this year. We're seventy five percent. 80% I think sold out in the next year. Wow. <laughs> and we got we got people trying to pay extra just to get to the top of the can- cancellation list. So it's you know it's moving we're moving fast, we're moving we're moving good and you know unfortunately I don't know if we'll be able to make the ATA show which is a big you know convention for you know a lot of outdoors things because of the whole covid thing but um you know it's awesome man. It's it's definitely keeping us busy and uh you know, it's, it's it's growing. Like I said, it's growing fast. It's growing effectively, and uh, you know, it's keeping us busy for sure. So, a lot of people who are outdoorsmen. Mm-hmm. So, what? Give us some insight, or give them some insight as well. What should they look forward to when they come into when they come to your property? As far as the fish, what do you have stocked out there? What oh no, it's, it's hunting. It's all deer, turkey, no fishing. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All deer and turkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean. Okay. It's, it's different. You know, we've had, 
you know, we, everybody that's, you know, um, you know, booked a hunt, you know, we keep getting, you know, texts and letters, like how excited they are about it. Uh, just because how different we are, uh, you know, we have a, a 4,500 square foot lodge for, you know, our clients to stay in. Uh, you know, we have guides, we have, you know, all the, you know, top, top of the line, you know, equipment for them to use. We have a chef coming in on the first night, uh, just, uh, you know, cook a welcoming dinner for them. Uh, it's, it's actually funny. We had a guy, um, last year who hunted on our properties. We officially launched this year, but you know, we let him come hunt on our properties and he came to us cause he loved us so much and said, I would like to guide for your business. But, and like, we didn't ask wow. him, we didn't, he came to us and said, I would like to do this because I support and, you know, I like what you got to do so much. I want to be a part of it. So, um, you know, just the fact that we're, you know, completely different, I think we'll just add, you know, a, a great experience for anybody that comes. So one of the things I heard you say is sold out this year, 75% yep. next year. Uh, I think it's I'm like 85 now. <laughs> Dang, 85. And we, You're and, killing it, bro. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've never been hunting. Like, I've known Tequil for seven years. He's never taken me hunting, never taken me fishing. Some friend I have. But anyway, how can, how can we get on next year being that is already 85% sold? We need the behind the mask team. We need to have a retreat. Get us out there. How can we do that, man? Uh, shit, you can go on the, on our website and book something. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh sure. I mean, it was, like I said, it's booking fast. And actually this year we have, I believe it's eight different TV shows that we come that, that are coming, you know, to camp this year. And, uh, we're going to be on like the sportsman's channel and, you know, stuff like that. We already had one show, uh, come for Turkey season. They shot, they killed, you know, the first day, the, their first sit. So they were done, you know, they came in Thursday, they were staying till Sunday, they were done by Friday. <laughs> you know, they, they had success that fast. So, um, you know, they, they came, they shot, you know, I hunted with them for a little bit. Uh, and I think we, we have seven more shows coming this fall, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to book, you know, go to the website, go to the Instagram, uh, What's you know, the website? Have, Give the people okay. I believe it's, I mean, you, if you, if you type in on Google, um, homegrown outfitters, it should be the first thing that pops up. Okay. And then, uh, you know, on there we have the website, we have, you know, a, vi a whole uh, uh, video of, you know, that shows, you know, a lot of the properties, the cabin. We have, you know, the crew information. We have everything that's needed for it. Bro, and so I, I, I really appreciate your perspective. And the reason why is that I had a friend of mine. He did the same thing that you did, but he did it by himself, mm -hmm. number one. And number two, he didn't outright buy the land, but he leased it. And he told me he was like spikes five years later. He well, was you're like, paying back. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it was like, <laughs> yeah. he said it was all for nothing. So mm -hmm. uh, with you having that, I, I call it the wise spirit. So with that wise spirit and you look back in hindsight, um, you made a lot of great moves. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask you this. What advice would you give yourself, Trey Waynes? the 2015 first round draft pick for the Minnesota Vikings, knowing what you know now. Okay. Uh, so before I touch on that, to give you guys a little more perspective on the business, um, it's in Wisconsin, uh, Buffalo County, which is uh, renowned for its, you know, big deer, big game is hunting. Um, and, uh, you know, just give you a little more perspective. One of the properties we just acquired, uh, we almost got into a bidding war 
with another family. And when we actually acquired it, they uh, they came to us separately and offered us a hundred thousand dollar check just to back out of it. Wow! So they could get the yeah. So I mean, yeah. it's it's it's, uh, it's pretty intense up there. <laughs> but um, you know, I would say I would say the young Trey. Uh, you know, it, it touches on you know what we briefly talked about in the beginning, how we didn't really have that person you know, who made it to the next level, who made it to the NFL growing up, uh, you know, because growing up, I thought, you know, this was the way I thought athletes were, you know, the richest people on the planet. I thought that was the only way to get money. Um, you know, but I'll tell the young trade, just keep an open mind about, you know, everything in business, because uh, there's more ways in life to be successful than just, you know, being an athlete or, a, you know, an actor or being in Hollywood and stuff like that. So be more business oriented and savvy. And have that open mind for that kind of stuff because, you know, there's a lot of doors that can be open, um, you know, outside of football. Bro, that's that's spot on, man. And continue to keep living the way that you're preaching, bro, because it's going to bring back many blessings to you. Uh, Before we let you get out of here, we like to end every guest with this question. We want you to name your four DBs outside of you all times that you would put on your Mount Rushmore? Uh, DBs in general, does it have to be corners or can it be corner safeties? You know? It could be corner safeties. Yeah, yeah combination. Okay, Dion, obviously. Probably, I, is there, there's there's four, four heads on, on the Mount Rushmore? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Dawkins, Ed Reed. Uh... I mean, there's so many. Uh, what you think? What about uh, Champ Bailey? That's what I was gonna say. I I, I heard that, you coming out. About that's the what I was gonna say because I mean, then you got him, you got Revis, you got Pat Pease. I I, I Charles think Wilson. Charles. Yeah. Fuck, I forgot about him. <laughs> uh, I, I put Charles up there too. So I would say Dion, Every, Brian Dawkins, Charles Wilson. Because Charles you know played both, yeah. so. Yeah, he did. He did. So, yeah, but it's yeah. your Mount Rushmore. It can look whatever you want it to look no, like. I know. I know. There's just there's a lot of candidates that you know can make the cut. And what's it gonna take for Trey Waynes to get on that Mount Rushmore? <laughs> Staying healthy. <laughs> yeah. yeah <absolutely>. <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, I mean, shit. Just you know, taking care of business for real. That's what everybody did. So, uh, you know, they just you know, they 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 made it. You know, their goal to, you know, become the best and, uh, you know, they made it happen. So that's basically what you got to do. You got to put in the work, got to put in the time and, uh, you know, hopefully it works out. Well, bro, we wishing you much success. You definitely stay healthy. And I'll tell you this. Y'all get to the playoffs and you win at least one playoff game. (laughs) Cincinnati will will definitely want to put you on that Mount Rushmore, man. So we appreciate the time, my brother. Thank you, man. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Behind the Mask podcast with cornerback Trey Waynes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast content and on YouTube. Make sure you leave us a comment as well and follow us on social media at the BTM podcast. And remember, on the Behind the Mask podcast, there's only one rule. There are no rules. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.